Well, I finally understand how Zack Snyder fans feel. I don't. Hey, we have a word. Let me guess. He's done something crazy. Show me again, I want to break your neck. Welcome to the Looney Bus. McKenna. Nebraska Williams. That's Coyle. That's Lynch. With Mercs. Why are you here? I don't think you believe me. Come on, man. I had a run-in with a space alien. This fucking guy is crazier than the rest of us. <laughs> I I feel confused and a, a little upset that this was not the movie that uh, I, I had hoped it would be. And not like in that fan entitlement way where it's like, it's not what I wanted. You know, just like The Predator, written and directed by Shane Black, uh, co-written by Fred Decker. I didn't realize that the most emotionally conflicting movie I'd see all year was going to be The Predator. Like, what makes you say that? Well, both uh, the the end product that is the film is uh, a lot of things. And also uh, things happen in the real world that suck. Yeah. The real world sucks. Uh, The elephant in the room. Um, actress Olivia Munn uh, found out that she was in a scene with a sexual predator, a convicted uh, sex offender, and she made the right call to to go to the studio, I think, and cut the man out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Why would she want to work with someone like that who did serve time? Uh, but it's that it's it's a more complicated issue than just some mathematical equation to be okay with the situation. And uh, director Shane Black, who we're both big fans of and we're praising all the way to the lead up of this movie. I don't, uh, I don't uh, regret saying anything positive about his films. No, no, no. I, I, neither do I. But um, I think it, this is it says a lot about his character if he was uh, continuously bringing someone like that on set. I've always been slightly suspicious of Shane Black as a person, but I don't know anything about him. Like, just going on his work, I've always been like, there's something up. (laughs) (laughs) He knows how to write really fucked up people really well. (laughs) Like, like too well? Yeah, a little too well. And uh, he's got a thing about kids in his movies. Like, not like, I'm not trying to be like a creep, but like, like the innocence of children mixed with, like, the hard edge of reality that, like, I think sometimes can say a lot about someone. Um, but, hey, uh, yeah, Olivia Munn got that guy cut out of the movie, and now that I've seen the film, and it's very clear that at least an hour of footage was cut out of this movie, um, why did that guy last so long, and how could he possibly have been interwoven into the plot? So here's the thing. The Predator that's in theaters right now uh, is a drastically different movie than the version I had read and was eagerly anticipating. Uh, and Olivia Munn's introduction scene is was with that guy. Oh, really? <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's what got... Because that was like the first moment I noticed that there was big editing. Because mm-hmm. they introduce her and she doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. So there's a sequence with, with him hitting on her. He's a jogger while she's out jogging. Uh, she runs into uh, a nice little lady walking her dog. And so that sets up like her, oh, it sets up her inclination towards like animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Everything about her. Well, I want to say like the, 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 the tells for me that this there's a lot of editing going on is that there are very few good establishing shots in the movie. <laughs> Um, just a stat, like when we meet our like group of characters, there's a whole scene where they all introduce themselves, but we kind of just awkwardly end up on this bus <laughs> and you can tell that there was some editing done there. You can tell there was editing with Olivia Munn. You can tell there was editing with the kid, um, and the mother. You can just, you could feel a lot of pieces missing. And then the other big tell is that there's a lot of moments that feel like they're setting something up 
that never pay off. And there's a lot of payoffs for things that were never set up. And Shane Black is, like, usually great at, like, the setup payoff stuff, you know? Yeah, that's, like, the, one of the key things about his scripts. Like, his, his setups, usually, like, a great setup happens in, like, the first five minutes of the movie that comes back at the end. And it's great. And this time, <laughs> it's like a studio. It's like Shane Black and what was the screenwriter? Deckard? Fred? Fred Deckard, Fred Deckard yeah. who did Monster Squad with Shane Black. It's like they showed up to Fox and were like, we have 30 great ideas for this movie. And then Fox let him film it. And then Fox said, that's great. Let's do none of them. (laughs) (laughs) And they tried to like, just make it like the most for, like the most template fitting film ever. And to do that, it lost everything that would have not everything that would have made it special honestly feels kind of like monster squad in the sense that there's like a lot of great ideas in it that never really connect um although monster squad works a little better which is saying something (laughs) Uh, and so from what i understand there was i did it because i had been hearing like reshoots like a lot about reshoots over the past year leading up to this uh, yeah, there's been a lot of news. Uh, and was there ever a c- cut of this film that resembled the script you read? Are you aware? I am aware of of the Shane Black cut. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full DC maniac right now. That there there is apparently a version that was like screened and test audiences hated it because it's very mean. Mm. Uh, like the, the the characters that die. They they die like in really awful ways. Oh yeah, that still lasted. <laughs> like a lot of people. Yeah. Don't no, it's it's worse. Oh wow. Yeah, like a dude gets his spine eaten out of him. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, it's 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 rough. The the deaths are much like calmer in this version. There were still a couple of moments. Uh, but still. Uh, yeah. You know what? I could tell because I saw it with an audience that really enjoyed this film. Oh, no. And I wasn't, no, because I don't... <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing around. Like, you know, I didn't... There's uh, there's no anger in me for this film other than anger at Shane Black for f- being a fucking dick and <laughs> the studio for fucking this movie up. But, like, the movie's fine. It's good if you're, like, got 90 minutes to kill on a Sunday morning before you do anything. <laughs> like, if you have a lazy Sunday. But... It's it. I could the audience I was with really reacted when people died, and so I was like, "Oh, this works somewhat." So it's, to find out that the deaths were probably meaner, I totally get why they probably didn't take it well. Yeah. Um, uh the the ones that are the same though are uh spoilers for this entire movie. There's not actually not a lot to spoil with this, anyways. Um, Travanta Rhodes and uh, who's the pilot? Like he's he's a relatively new actor. Oh, I don't know. Basically, the last two deaths yeah. are the same. Okay. Uh, I I like I like those guys a lot. The the loonies. I don't I don't know if that's gonna age well. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, a bus full of crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny that they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Thomas Jane has Tourette's because Shane Black has Tourette's. Hey. But that doesn't make it okay to laugh at him in. Awkward situations sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not... I do not represent the Tourette's lobby. Because it's hard for me because, like, you know, Shane Black can be very uh, lean and mean with his scripts and uh, can do some pretty brutal or direct things or cut through the bullshit, as someone who voted for Trump might put it. (laughs) Um... Where, like, it's never, like, I I never found it, like, insulting towards those characters, but we are laughing at them. Uh, It's weird, because it felt like there was some more seriousness to it that they never explored. You know? Yeah. And uh, Shane Black's thing, apart from writing, like, really good Mm -hmm. fuck-ups, is looking at, like... uh, people he perceives as, like, damaged or uh, people who've been, like, outcasts from society or, like, don't really fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. But then every story is about them, like, 
trying to either make their world a little better or themselves a little better, sometimes both. And so what I think what he was trying to do, uh, because this is this is an issue straight from his original draft with Fred Decker. This this was all always going to be an issue that I don't think paid off in this version. I don't know if it would have paid off in the other version. Uh, but that these people with um, handicaps or, or mental disabilities, that they they get the chance in the spotlight finally. And uh, Boyd Holbrook's character even says in the end, you know, like they're not going to be remembered, but they're still like important basically, and they they still are good, you know, even if uh, they've kind of been shunned to the side. And uh, I, I think that's admirable. I, I don't know if it all works, but I, I like that idea. Well, it's very clear, like, they're trying to make, like, the, the opposite of the Predators. Like, the Predators have been honed to be, like, perfect precision instruments of death. And they're fighting people who are not that, like, who are have very much tons of problems. Um, and it's also kind of like just to, you know, do something different than the original where the original, you know, we have a mercenary band of people who are the most elite fighting force in the world, the best mercenaries ever, I guess. And this time it's like, oh, these are just some guys who just happen to end up in the situation. They have they have enough training that it's believable they could do some of the stuff they do, but they have, I guess like the the best term would just be handicaps that would fuck them up. Would that would make them perceived as fuck ups? Uh, I'm trying to handle this delicately, a little more delicately than the film maybe uh, did. <laughs> uh, I think they were like trying to go for something deliberate, but I I wonder. I don't know how, like, it would be perceived to be like, oh, you're not, your quote-unquote disability is actually what makes you powerful. And I wonder, like, well, just flipping it, that still kind of others them. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, like, because we have a whole thing with uh, the little boy in this, uh, Jacob Tremblay. Um, that- yeah, yeah, the little boy from Room. Room and uh, Book of Henry. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> This is better than Book of Henry, by the way. At least that's... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want uh, Colin Trevorrow to know that this movie that was butchered by the studio is better than your your dream project. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm an awful person. but You're not great. No, I, you have your mind, I'm, so. I'm a deeply unpleasant person to be around. Uh, but... You know, I keep thinking if I acknowledge my unpleasantness, that, like, excuses it, but it, it really doesn't. Um, kind of like how this film handles its characters' flaws. <laughs> uh, but the, the main kid in this uh, is said to have Asperger's Syndrome. Um, and, of course, because it's a science fiction horror movie, Asperger's is a superpower. Very explicitly. <laughs> He is explicitly the next stage of human evolution. I couldn't believe that uh, when I heard that. Which is... Because that is not... That is also not in the original version mm. of the script. Well, this film, they were definitely trying to mold this film to be a superhero film. There, there are shades of Iron Man 3. I, I will say, uh, Jacob Tremblay's character, the son, always did... Um, he, he always fell on the spectrum. But he wasn't... The quote-unquote next stage of human evolution. Did the ending scene that we saw happen in the original cut? No. I, 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 could, I had a feeling. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's talk about this version for a little bit more. I mean, there's only like... What else is there to talk about? Like, it's fine. Well, I mean... It, it's a mess. The editing is awful. It's fine. Um, I honestly liked all the characters. Like, No, I love them all. With- I, I, I just like... I, I actually really love the loonies a lot. Yeah, they're, um, they're fun characters. I just get where in this day and age... And again, I've mentioned on the Hannibal show how we're probably starting to enter an age where it's going to... How you do crazy people, quote-unquote crazy people in a movie is going to be really uh, scrutinized. Um, and I think we're only just entering that. Like, I, Batman's fucked. But... <laughs> 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 uh it's i think we're about to enter a new and we're definitely going to see a lot of pushback in the way that we've seen pushbacks towards uh 
respecting the rights of women and minorities and uh, gay and transgendered people. <laughs> uh, the next thing is, you know, mental illness. That's just the next battlefield um, in the horrible culture wars that we're now stuck with. Uh, I, th- I think, honestly, believe that the Predator is going to start a lot of dialogue about this. Like, it- it's going to stick around. Uh, no, because no one's going to see this movie. <laughs> For the people that do see it's gonna, movie. It ha- It'll have to be something bigger. Like, to me, it's always got to be something where, like, a movie will win an award. Like, a Best Picture winner will be a film where, like, Asperger's is treated like a superpower. And then everyone's going to be like, that film shouldn't have won Best Picture. <laughs> and that's what I feel like that's happened already. Um, we just haven't responded to it yet. Well, we've slowly been doing it with disability. Um, like how we had people kind of respond to that uh, Stephen Hawking film. Oh, yeah. Although, I don't know how you do that. Like, you can't really do that movie without an actor who doesn't have that disability. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm using disability and that's the wrong phrase to use. Uh, you know what actually surprised me about the humor in this version? That uh, I, I had heard that it was like aggressively excessive the humor uh, yeah and i i really didn't think that well it's <laughs> like, a war it, it, on humor right now in films yeah I know, it's all bad another culture it's, it's all like marvel it's all trying to be like marvel now that's the big thing you hear yeah and those people are who's anyone who says that is a moron because <laughs> they talk... i remember hearing that after uh the last jedi I'd be like oh i tried to be too much like marvel humor i'm like have you fucking seen like more than one movie like yeah but also it's like the Marvel humor is a very specific type of humor. And it's different in each film, usually. Like, now, like, the, the Guardians films have their, had their own voice. <laughs> um, Thor Ragnarok Aww. had its own voice. Um, the Avengers films, the recent ones, kind of, they just ape Joss Whedon style, but better. <laughs> no. no, there's a point in Infinity War where they're just riffing as the fate of the world is in, in like... They're realizing the fate of the world's in stake in Doctor Strange's little mansion or whatever the fuck. And it's a five-minute sequence that goes that does nothing. It's still better than most of Whedon's humor. Jesus, Whedon okay, move on. Whedon doesn't know when to cut. Whedon will leave in jokes that really don't work. Like, that to just fall flat. Like, the Marvel stuff, when it, like, in that Infinity War stuff, you're like, eh, let's wrap it up, people. Like, this is cute, but let's go. And the, uh, Joss Whedon will have, like, zingers that are followed by like dead silence <laughs> it, it they're usually derived from character and i didn't feel that they were from infinity war I, but i, I, I felt that, that in the predator too actually that the, the humor while it was like a lot of it was broad or like uh mean-spirited this is a very mean movie i, I would i would argue but that's what you should um, expect from a predator film let's come on oh no 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 i'm, I'm praising it that that's a praise yeah. i i wanted it to be meaner I just know, like, people, that's something that's going to upset people. And I know the humor is going to, like, again, you're pointing out. But you're right. It is very character. It's because, like, literally we underline at one point. Like, the joke, one of the key jokes in this film is that uh, um, Keegan-Michael Key, is that it? Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah, yeah. Keegan-Michael Key. That's a lot in one name. (laughs) Sorry. It's a great name. I, I always fuck it up. Um, his, the joke of his character is that he tells jokes. So, like, the joke is literally that he keeps telling jokes. And that probably annoyed people. (laughs) And to me, it was fine. I didn't, um, the humor never was something that got to me. Like, in a negative way, where I was like, uh, that's, no, not now. (laughs) It was more like, eh, that's, I laughed a few times. I... I, I maybe laughed a couple times when some of the jokes I recognized were awful and probably shouldn't be in a movie in 2018. Oh, well, yeah, there's a lot. And I felt kind of bad about it. There was a great Haunted Mansion joke early on in the film. That's the one where Olivia Munn is taken to the secret base and she goes into the, the, the main room and, like, the, the floor starts going down. It turns out the whole room's an elevator. Oh, okay, yeah. And the guy's like, is the room really stretching? And his buddy's just like, every fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be me if I worked in that office. (laughs) And then all those people die. Oh, yeah. Did Jake Busey (laughs) die? Um, He got hurt. He, I don't know. Just disappears. And and, uh, in in the draft I read, I can't find 
his character. Hmm. So I, I guess he was like a later addition, uh, which I liked because I'm a Predator 2 fan. Yeah, he was, um, and he was, but, he, he was good. It was kind of like, oh, Jake Busey is a fine actor. He's got those Busey jeans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, wish, I wish it was more clear whether or not he died because that comes back later with um, Sterling K. Brown's character. Yeah. Where I, I literally blinked and I missed where he apparently died. I had to talk with my friends after. I was like, wait, what happened to him? I, I don't know what happened to him. What did happen in this movie? Him? I was very... Uh, I, I guess because he had the Predator blaster. Yeah, cannon. he like shot himself in the head. Yeah. That was a bad edit. That, I, I have no... This movie's riddled with that. So I guess uh, just to, to wrap up this, this part of the discussion, Predator tried to be like an event film. When Fox went to Shane Black and Fred Decker, not the other way around, they really wanted this to be their, like, Iron Man 3 of the Predator franchise. That was the whole discussion. And the movie kind of starts off that way. We have all these different, like, threads. Like, here's one part of the USA. Here's a mission gone wrong. Here's, like, the government side of things. But it's also an all-in-one-day film. Yep. Which is a big problem. Which is a mistake. Which Was that in the original draft? Yeah, but if you're looking at the beginning of the film, because it's unclear how long uh, Boyd Holbrook's character was in that detention facility, right? Oh yeah, it's very uh, it's very jumpy at the at the start of the film. Yes, uh, and that's supposed to be like like I don't know how long, um, but it's it does take place on uh, Halloween. It always took place on Halloween. That's I'm fine with that. That was cool. Yeah. I wish they did more with that. I know, that's the thing. There's so much in this that, like, you could tell that Fox went, we want to reboot the Predator again. <laughs> Shane Black, go hog wild <laughs> with it. And then Shane Black came back with it, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and let's cut everything except for the sexual Predator. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then that happened. They're like, "Oh no, people can't know about this." Oh no, the good guys. Now we're gonna look company. like the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. when that happens. Though, then like, like you're kind of like my whole time watching this was like, "How was Olivia Munn? How did she feel on the set of this film?" Oh, <laughs> and there's given the very real circumstances that happened around this film uh there there's one or two uncomfortable jokes when she first teams up with uh, the loonies there's a there's a few uncomfortable things she's supposed to do uh, oh uh, also that yeah um, in the facility her uh what, what is that it's like it's a, it's a classic sci-fi it's a deep decontamination thing yeah yeah but uh it plays odd here well it worked the first time because i'm like oh they're being they're keeping it on her face like for some weirdos it's like if they just see the shoulder of a woman they like freak out like it's fucking the 1700s <laughs> and you have to cover up chair legs because it'll make you think of a woman's leg <laughs> but it was like they did, and she's with jake Busey, and he's doing the same thing so you're like all right whatever and then but then there's like a scene where it's like oh this is going on a little longer also it was kind of became hysterical when no matter how beat up the dudes got in this film olivia munn always looked gorgeous <laughs> like, yeah same shit but, yeah i i wish uh the movie was a little like rougher with her too because her, she's got like this everyman quality about her character yeah you know uh she just happens to like be fascinated by this field of science yeah like like even when she first like springs into action you know she's like she's committed and like into hero mode, but then she shoots herself in the foot with the trank dart. And I, I kind of really love that, you know? Like, she's not she's not a, a trained military person. It's also she's just like, not really her fault that she does it. It's because she's on the top of a fucking bus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that was... Also, did you notice that there's the joke where then she falls off the roof of that bus? And it's, like, edited so you, like, miss the punchline? Yeah. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Studios have this weird thing with how they portray women in film uh, because like, especially action films where they want to have women in it and they want to have women do like action things, but they don't ever want to show the woman actually get hurt. Cause they don't want to get pushed back on that front. Um, which just shows that like the people making this stuff have no idea how to portray those things. 
<laughs> and I feel like they probably tried to edit around. Like, I, I bet you there's a wider shot where you actually see her kind of slam into the ground. And that joke would have, like, landed better, but they didn't want to do that because you're kind of laughing at, like, a woman getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you can laugh at a guy getting, like, hit by a bus. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reverse sexism. No. <laughs> Aww. I'm just... Uh... No, I, I mean, because uh, generally speaking... Just like violence towards women is, is a problem in, in a big action horror or any horror, especially oh, yeah. sometimes. Um, and I'm open to someone disagreeing with me, but I feel more comfortable in a movie like this because it doles out the violence to everyone. Yeah. Well, like in really brutal fashion. I think that's the thing I, I found the most enjoyment out of this when people get eviscerated. Oh, yeah. People get fucked up in this movie. Yeah, dude, it's fucking cut in half by, like, a shooting spear. Well, guys, like, get, like, their, like, limbs cut off and they're still alive. Like, that's always fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it was great. A lot of good violence in this, even though it did feel like it was cut a little bit. Like, they were trying to... I'm, I expect there's going to be a director's cut that's going to be, like, see the full carnage of the Predator. Oh, I fucking hope so, man. I, I, I want them to just add in some stuff here and there, but uh, you really... You can't, like, add one thing and then be like, oh, okay, that'll be cool. You have to, like, they really reshape the movie and reshoot. If it's the Predator director's cut, does that mean the sexual Predator goes back in? I think you gotta leave that out. If it's the director's, no, but it's the director's cut. No. (laughs) And you call it that. (laughs) Because he was not, because Shane Black did not make the decision to cut the guy out. Oh. I'm just saying, Shane Black you got some explaining to do. And to his credit, he he put out a statement that was kind of hogwash. But then he, he was uh, interviewed on the red carpet. He's been saying the right things. I want to know if he's actually said something to Olivia Munn. Yeah. And I, I don't. That's where I was with that. Because I get the vibe that he, they haven't spoken. And that can usually be a hint at how he might truly feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, more like. I wish she had kept her mouth shut. Just saying. No, no, you're you're right. It's it's an unfortunate truth. If if they haven't spoken, if he hasn't reached out to her and actually like seriously apologized, and that's you know it, it doesn't really mean anything. It was kind of like when uh Catherine Heigl. Remember Catherine Heigl gave an interview where uh she said "knocked up" was kind of sexist while she was promoting the movie. Oh. And then no one bothered to like reach out to anyone, so Judd Apatow just mocked her on the Howard Stern show. So, yeah, and now, uh, he's woke. (laughs) That's the thing that killed my man. Alien. Predators. They exploit weakness. Tracks its prey. Like a game. Seems to enjoy it. That's not a predator, that's a sports hunter. Well, we took a vote. Predator's cooler, right? Fuck yeah. You, I, you had said something to me like the narrative thrust of the film had changed. Is that true? That's entirely true. Okay. Uh, not only were there the two predators that we see, there was another pair of predators that were basically like refugees trying to like warn humankind and like uh, they're basically turncoats for the predator race because the, the predators want to invade Earth. Eventually, like their their planet is apparently like cooling over. I'm, what? I'm, I'm just good lord. Like, I was expecting like the the story just like every scene was going to be longer. You've just added like another plot to this film <laughs> that already has like seven plots. Yeah. Like, um, um. It's just wow. That's an, was that filmed? Yeah. Oh my god! They cut all that. Not only that. Uh, the upgrade is what the ultimate predators referred to in the script. Um, it uh, it came to Earth to hunt them down, mm-hmm. not to to pick out um, what what was the the next step in human evolution, which was like I that that's all new. That was all new to me. Well, I heard about like, that this week, and I was just like, what? That felt what? like it was at like that was something that because the the whatever upgrade predator, the giant predator. Um, was chasing the fugitive, and then he just happened to find the kid while he was there. At least that's the vibe I got. Like, yeah. he wasn't coming specifically for the kid, but that just, that happened along the way. 
Yeah, which is like, oh, okay, sure, why not? Yeah. It's, just, it's so, like, stitched together so poorly. Uh, is that whole last action scene completely new? It's... It was so much bigger mm. and so much more gnarly. So, uh, pretty much the movie is structured mostly the same. There's, like, harsher cuts in the story between the beats and how they, like, interact with one another. But for the most part, like, the first half of the movie is generally the same. Mm. Uh, but a lot... It flowed a lot better. I, I would imagine, because that was, like, a yeah. choppy... There's some big continuity errors, too. Um, which is what hurts it when it when you're trying to figure out is it all in one day at the start because we go from night and day like twice in it. Did you notice that? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess like the the first act was would be like not one day, and then the movie just starts to take place over the, the course of Halloween. But they tried to like combine the two. It, it it's awkward. Just if you see it, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, um. Here's here's the real fucking. This was what I was so excited going into this for. Uh, the upgrade predator on that ship that they had that showdown at. Uh-huh. And at one point, uh, someone says, like, oh, what's in that tube? And like, oh, whatever, right? It's kind of brushed off. And then eventually Rory goes in there. In the original version of the script, in that facility, there are countless hybrid mutant predators that are, like, weird lizard, spider, alien creatures that end up becoming, like... It basically becomes, like, uh, like Dawn of the Living Dead were at one humans point. humans making those? Uh, they were they were made from humans, but also um, captured, like, uh, specimens from other predator incursions and whatnot. But who made these? Oh, those are the humans. So the humans made these hybrid things. The human made the hybrid things, okay. yeah. Um, unless I'm fucking it up. I'm pretty sure the humans made, I, I, made the I, hybrid I, things. I, I also remember that that vial was, like, set up as, like, a big deal, and then it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but, yeah. Because um, earlier, uh, you it's, like, set up, though, when uh, Rory puts on the helmet, and he's seeing, like, this weird predator map thing. He sees footage from other predator hunts that were recorded. Yeah. So he sees, like, this giant spider thing. Um, and then that comes back in the, in the, the ending when uh, one of the big spider predators breaks out and it starts chasing him down. So it's like, oh, see? His, like, his nightmares like realized oh, okay. over the course of Halloween. Okay. And, um, oh, it's fucking... It, it becomes crazy. Like, one of the, the loonies gets it in like, the front seat of this car and he just gets like shredded apart by these things. I think now's a good time to remind people that the version we saw is 90 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, what Diego's describing is like a two-and-a-half-hour movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, which if I would have been fine with, um, but I get the general audiences probably would have had a problem. And you know what? I, I I think you could even put it down to to two hours. Yeah. If if you if you work around some stuff. Maybe, but I I when it's when there's this much happening in a movie, I like it when a movie has time to breathe. And that would probably for me that would push it to two and a half hours. But I get why some people would feel differently. Mm-hmm. Um. That's why. I mean, hey, if if the movie like had the material for it, why not? You know, to bring it back to Snyder, that's why I've heard the director's cut of VVS is better. Um, because like in the theatrical cut, like everything just happens so quickly, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, it plays like a fever dream in that. Yeah, and, and not like a it's not that's not a a note of approval. I, I like the extended cut, but like, holy crap. Mm. Oh. oh, and uh, Sterling K. Brown's character never teams up with them. Like, they team up for, like, a minute when they're fighting the hybrid predators, and then the upgrade, like, basically leads them off to go look for the, the fugitive predators. All right, was that... And as soon as that happens, oh, wait, Sterling K. Brown tries wait, to wait kill... Minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So, because you're, te- you're telling me that the whole Jacob Trembley, Trembley whatever the fuck, fuck that kid, um, he's, he's special, and he's the next form of human evolution or whatever. And... Uh, he, so the predator like announces that he's gonna hunt them at like the let in the last minute. Do you remember that? In the movie, yeah. yeah. It like makes an announcement, which actually I that was some cool dialogue, but it was like kind of like, whoa, we're going here <laughs> with the movie. Was that not in the original script? Nope. Oh wow, so a lot, so a lot of that ending is different. Yeah. Did they need the kid to get onto the ship in the original script? Uh, yeah, because he's still the only one who had an understanding of the predator technology. Because autism equal equals magic, I guess, for 
lazy screenwriters. Why can't people just go like, he's different? Or like, oh, he's got like photographic memory. Yeah, like, like that's a real thing. That's Who a real cares? Thing. You know, also, see that. It's also like the human brain is so complicated that that's why it autism is a spectrum. It's not like a set <laughs> series of things that every person with autism has. Like you could just say like, oh, he's different. Like he's not. We he's not officially diagnosed with anything. He's just always oh, he's, he's, he kind of acts this way. Like why can't you just do that? I don't. I don't know because they're fucking stupid. Like that. That. That's on the the writing part. That's. I wouldn't blame that on the studio. That's. That's on the creator. Yeah, but the studio should have caught that. <laughs> oh, they they should have, but they should have caught a lot of things with this movie. I just think like it's just become it's it's in so many movies now. I want to know what studio decided like, like when did Hollywood decide that like oh, autism and Asperger's their superpowers now, like because that's it's been in like every movie in like the past like two years. You know, it like just keep, it keeps happening, and someone had to have made that decision at some point. Is some like studio executive donating money to like Autism Speaks, and like they they feel like they're helping, but they're actually hurting, much like a lot of people accuse Autism Speaks of doing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean the the big one I remember before this was like The Accountant. Yeah. Which isn't that bad a movie, but it's got this weird tone because it's like, oh, he's he's got what's did he have autism? Was that it? Uh, he was on the spectrum too, it's I believe. The, they very specifically say autism at some point, <laughs> and his dad kind of browbeats him into using it as like a superpower. <laughs> like, it's that's that's such a fucked up lesson to teach people that it like ruins that whole movie. Like to be like, oh yeah, just like man up, pussy, like. <laughs> What the fuck? Fuck Hollywood. <laughs> fuck movies. Good Christ. Yeah. Or fuck all this. Um, oh yeah, Sterling K. Brown almost kills Boyd Holbrook's character. Mm-hmm. But then he gets shot in the head from a, a sniper in the distance. And that's where Edward James Olmos' character would have come in. Ah. Well, he, he was like littered throughout the early parts of the movie, like on government phone calls, like keeping tracks of Traeger and... Um, Basically saying, like, keep the shit, like, under wraps, but don't do anything, like, stupid, basically. And he does do things. That cuts Edward James almost. Shame on you. You're cowards. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, what is the deal with, like, that was the thing. Someone was pointing out to me, like, like, there was all this discussion about studio interference again because of the Predator, I guess. But I've been seeing it a lot. Um, oh, no, everyone's talking about it because now Venom is, like, very clearly being fucked with by the studio. Um, not that that movie could be salvaged in any way, but uh, it's, like, someone pointed out to me that, remember, like, when Josh Trank's Fantastic Four was a disaster? Yeah. Like, it's very clear that the original cut of the film didn't work, like, by any stretch. Like, what Josh Trank turned in didn't work. But instead of trying to fix it with reshoots, they tried to change the entire film with reshoots. Which made it even worse. Why do studios keep doing that? Like, what? I don't I mean, it's like, it's like any problem that we deal with in our own lives, you know? Like, sometimes instead of confronting something, they'll just like, well, that's not working, so I'll try something else instead entirely. But if you don't resolve the problem, it's like changing a pipe or something, you know? Like, if you don't resolve a broken pipe, and you just start working on another pipe, that pipe's still going to break. But eventually your house is going to be covered in shit, so <laughs> when does this happen to Hollywood and then they learn to fucking fix the pipe? <laughs> it's, it's bullshit. I don't I know. I get it. I, 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 like, because they didn't fix anything. <laughs> they just made it worse. <laughs> like, who are these people that, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> that run these studios like well this is the same studio that runs fantastic four so that's hilarious but it, it like sony and fox like what the fuck and then how do they also let a movie like blade runner 2049 sneak through <laughs> like like they must be playing like darts or something like, you know in this day and age they have the resources to fix these films like, now what I think about, like, say what you will, Rogue One was kind of a mess, but it's very clear they at least tried to fix that movie with reshoots. Like, they weren't trying to radically change it. 
And then when Han Solo ended up in like a fucking mess, they tried to radically change it and it, it made it worse. So, like how, like, so somehow Star Wars went backwards. <laughs> Just what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And then how does a movie like The Book of Henry get made? Oh, there, there are no answers to that. Someone believed in that story. Jordan Peterson went on to praise it after it was released. Of course. Of fucking course. (laughs) Lobster man himself. Fucking book of Henry. I'm not a fascist dictator. (laughs) If I was, the way we would weed out people would be how they responded to the book of Henry. (laughs) I think we could clear some stuff up. (laughs) Not saying I would ever do that. But if I could, <laughs> and I was, eh, you know, got to make some desperate decisions. <laughs> I'll keep the train okay. But here's <laughs> here here's the the absolute shit from the finale that I I was really excited to see it didn't happen. Okay. Uh, the loonies are basically sent off by Edward James Olmos and his team of soldiers are like, we'll hold off these guys. You got to get the predators to the ship and get them out of here because we have no idea how to stop this upgrade thing, anyways. So just get them from point A to point B, and it was a long chase sequence where the loonies would be picked off like one by one. You know, uh, Keegan and Michael Key and Thomas Jane always died together though, and I always liked that. That was pretty. That was a nice little moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, except it's it's way worse. The, like uh- Keegan Michael Key gets like a spine eaten out of his back. Ooh. E- either him or Thomas Jane, I can't remember. But that happens to someone. Does he survive that? No, they're dead. Oh, okay. But uh, I think I was going to say, I get why that might have been a problem, because it does suddenly become a completely different film in the third act. You know, like, that's suddenly a lot different than what we had been experiencing up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the studio's idea to get around it was to just make it shorter and inconsequential. <laughs> it changed <laughs> the entire reason the scene was happening. Uh, whereas the original version, it would have felt like, you know, I get it. That would have been a weird moment. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, I love The Last Jedi, but I totally get that it's a little jarring when you have the big moment with, you know, the the fight in Snoke's room and the destruction of the fleet and all that. And then we have another climax on top of that. Like, it feels a little weird. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's a lot. It works in that movie. And I mean, and fucking Return of the King has that problem, too. Like, not just the 20 endings that movie had. Uh, Return of the King has no problems, and that's all we're saying about no, that. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying it feels weird when you have, you know, the big battle um, of Gondor, right? Battle of mm-hmm. or whatever, and then that's over, and then it's like, oh, we gotta go to the fucking gate now. Yeah. Um, and Frodo is still stuck in that tower. <laughs> it's like oh yeah that's happening which is how Return of the King the book starts if I remember correctly that's how that book starts so that doesn't yeah the first half of Frodo's story in Return of the King is the end of Two Towers yeah that's crazy god damn that's amazing those movies work and not surprising that The Hobbit didn't <laughs> aww so Amazon you fucks Stop that Lord of the Rings project. Get Guillermo del Toro to make his Hobbit movie. Oh, that would that would make me so happy. Just do it. Then we're okay. I'm okay with our benevolent dictator Bezos. I'm I'm not okay with that. Why would you be okay with Shut that? <laughs> Look, it's gonna happen either way. He wants kids to become uh, consumers already. Oh yeah, they're gonna have schools where the the kids are. Are the consumers? What happens if the engine stops, Diego? Fucking kill me! We all freeze and die. That's where the predators should be taking out. Oh yeah. Like every one in the one percent range, just mm-hmm. all of them. I think that Joker it's... movie will have something like that in it. If the Joker movie is about the Joker going around killing the one percent. I'll give it five stars. Yeah, but look, it's going to be so ham-fisted, and there's also going to be the good billionaire. Because that's what happens in Todd Phillips' movies. Is that that guy's name? Yeah, that's him. He's not, uh, 
None of his movies aren't as deep as he thinks they are. No, it's like Hangover. No, they're not. Tries to be like this really smart thing where it's like, hey, the Hangover. What the Hangover guys do is bad and wrong, <laughs> but it also tries to be a Hangover movie, so it doesn't work. <laughs> um, man, yeah. that joke. Like, why are they doing it? Have they started filming yet? No, I think they start like next month. Or I something. still have like strong feelings that when does Venom drop? Next month, if Venom bombs. It, it that movie's not happening. Venom's gonna bomb. Well, I think Venom might make money because con- I've learned things about comic book fans. <laughs> They're only upset if you challenge them. <laughs> They're okay if they get like five things they can talk about. And then they don't have to think about the real world in any way while at the theater. Like a turd in the wind. Jesus Christ. Have you seen that trailer with an audience? No, thankfully. I, I'm surprised they actually didn't play it last night for Predator. They, they did when I, I saw it today. Um, but to me it was funny because like the reaction I always get with that trailer is no one really reacts to it. They kind of just look at each other and go, did that guy just say turd? trying to give him like this cool one-liner like this really intimidating Clint Eastwood shit and then he comes up with turd that's in the like, wind it, honestly <laughs> that's like a it, like the monologue's actually kind of fun until that line <laughs> <laughs> like it's like how the ending isn't it system shock 2 that ends with the main characters going fuck you and... oh yeah like uh Shodan wants to recruit him or whatever and he's like nah nah and then, <laughs> Nah, it's just like, what? <laughs> that Totally, that just doesn't fit in the game, but fuck it, it was awesome. The book, The Running Man, which was written by Stephen King, ends with the main character flying a plane into a building while giving the finger to the people in it. Oh my god, was Trevance Rhodes' death in this movie uh, a Running Man reference? Hmm, I don't think so, but alright. No, no, he, on, on an alien plane, gives the finger, charges into a fiery abyss, saving the day. No. No? The okay. Read the oh. book, The Running Man. <laughs> I haven't, so you're right. Like, I, I, I have, and I haven't. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. Do you know Jacob Tremblay's first film was The Smurfs 2? Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So you probably want to know how why the Predator ends up taking Jacob Tremblay. Because that is in the original version. I'm just looking at... I just want to say I'm looking at the, uh, the Wikipedia page for the Predator. Um, someone has deleted the section that explains the plot of the movie. Oh. Um, and there's a thing at the bottom that says possible sequels, and I'm just laughing. Aww. Uh, uh, so all those hybrid predators that are, like, killing everyone, like, it, it's supposed to, like, really start ratcheting up the tension, like, the, the loonies just getting picked off one by one. It looks like it's going to be it for everyone. And Jacob Tremblay and Olivia Munn's characters are on the ship waiting for everyone, and uh, with their knowledge of the predator technology they're able to um, activate these collars that were inhibited into those, the hybrid predators from the, the military facility. And so, like, the end of Kingsman, all the, the predators start blowing up, right? And it's like this huge, like, gore fest through southern America with this bunch of aliens blowing up in the sky and the trees on the streets. And the upgrade predator immediately clocks who did that. And because Jacob Tremblay's character killed all these other predators, it recognizes that that makes Jacob Tremblay Earth's mightiest champion. And so it steals him to take him back to his home planet to be upgraded as well and to, like, rip out his spine and do tests on him and shit. That's a lot. That That is a lot. Um, that is a lot. And then the showdown happens the same, uh, except they cut out some, like, crucial moments of dialogue between the predator and... The characters so it's like... it all sounds like a mess but i had i have faith in jane shane black to make that work i don't have shit uh faith in him to not cast a sex offender 
<laughs> I have faith in him to make because that's kind of his like a lot of his movies are fucking crazy. Yeah, and, like this this movie was always going to be messy and trashy, but yeah, that's Shane Black's thing. Like, holy shit, the last Boy Scout. I think the first like, time I watched Last Boy Scout, I finished it and I was like, "What was the plot of that movie?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, I understood everything that happened, but I didn't know what happened. But in a good way, like, not in a frustrating way. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's Shane, that's just Shane Black. Um, I heard, like, the sexual predator guy was also in The Nice Guys. Is that true? That is true. Do you want to know who he is? Okay. Uh, He's the lawyer that takes him out of prison. Takes who out of prison? Uh, Harry, or what, what the fuck? What, the, what are the nice guys' names again? Whatever. Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. When he when they get out of prison at the beginning of the third act, mm. Does it, that's their lawyer is the guy. Okay, that I, the one scene I don't remember from the nice guys, so I can live with that. <laughs> he is also in Iron Man three. Who was he in Iron Man three? He's the last Mandarin guard who's like, you know what, I don't even like working here. These guys are so weird. Oh, no, now I wish he had been shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. Now it's. It is a great line. Too bad it came from a garbage human. Yeah. I believe in forgiveness, but I don't believe forgiveness means you have to be in the biggest blockbusters of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, the final ending. The, it's not the suit. Uh, after the showdown with the the upgrade, uh, it's just Olivia Munn, Jacob Tremblay, and Boyd Holbrook, and they're just like, "Holy shit, did we just start a war with the Predators?" They're like, "I think we did." And then uh, a helicopter comes down, and uh, the helicopter comes down, and uh, Dutch Schaefer. They try to get Arnold for this cameo, and he didn't want to be in it, so I think that's why they changed it. But uh, he says, "You, you, and you come with me." And Jacob Tremblay's like, "Even me?" And he says, "Especially you." And then they fly off, presumably, to Alan Silvestri's Predator score. And that's the movie. So it was always going to be a mess by the end. I the stu- and I never liked that last ending. Speaking but... of the score, I wonder if the studio had a say over the score. Because it felt like it was playing at inappropriate times. Um, you know, it has to be like, just to remind you that this was a Predator film. I kind of got that too. Like, I think it was, it was good. Uh, Henry Jackman, the composer, he's kind of hit and miss. But I think this is one of his stronger ones. It was just like there in awkward situations. It, it it didn't need to be playing at certain times the way it was. Yeah, it was it was it was mm. awkward. Um, the ending we got. Um, the what's the main actor's name? Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook. He gets an Iron Man suit that looks like a Predator. Yeah. And that scene is so long and drawn out <laughs> to get to that. Like, I honestly thought they were going to open up that thing and Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be inside of it. That was where I thought was that scene was going. <laughs> there was so much buildup. I'm like, that's the only thing they could possibly be ending this with. And then it's like, oh, no, it's just more of this crap. Uh, apparently, I, I know some people that went to TIFF, a lot of the talk around there after that was that everyone thought, oh, the alien's going to come out of there. I didn't think that. Like, they, they thought they were setting up another AVP or something. No. I'm I'm glad that that wasn't the case, but I didn't think that for a second. I did start, like, there was a moment where it was, like, slimy, where I'm like, that looks like, is it some other, but I never was like, it's a xenomorph. I never went there. Probably because I was like, if that happened, I would have walked out like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'd hate the movie. Then I'd be, like, have strong opinions about it. Now I'm just kind of like, eh. Like, it's kind of, it honestly reminds me of Monster Squad a lot. Where that that movie I liked a lot as a kid, and then when I watch it now, like I notice a lot of its flaws. Yeah. Like, oh man, Monster Squad could be so great with like one more rewrite. And, and the Predator's like, well, it, it could have been great with that previous rewrite. The insulting thing is that it probably Predator probably could have been. Gr- they had the resources to do another rewrite, and instead they just made it more of a mess. Well, I mean, even look at like something like Iron Man Three, a movie I really love. It's very, uh, you can feel that almost kind of get away from Shane Black at times, you know? You can, and you can definitely feel where they edited around maybe some scenes that were meant to be really, really violent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, you can definitely feel that, but uh, it's still, you know, it's the best Iron Man movie. 
Thank you for saying that. It absolutely is. People who disagree are wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. You are. Yeah. I love Jean Favreau. That's nothing oh, yeah. against you know him. What? Just... I, I really like Favreau, too. And he's actually, I mean, he made the first Iron Man work when no one believed it could. And Iron Man, the first Iron Man's a great movie, even with third act problems. Yeah. Like, but Iron Man 3 is the only one that's kind of solid all the way through. And then Iron Man 2 is just an endless wet fart. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's not fucking Thor the Dark World, you know? Yeah. I thought you defended Thor the Dark World. I did for a little while, and then I rewatched it before, like, Civil War or something, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> it's a bad It's movie. It's, that's, oh, man, that's rough. It's kind of funny. Like, uh, when they're interviewing everyone for Infinity War, like, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, and they kept asking, like, what was, the, what was the hardest thing to, like, shoot over the course of the franchise, whatever? And they both kept going, like, throw the Dark World, throw the Dark World. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not a secret that that was a, a rough time for everyone. And it was supposed to be directed by the uh, woman who directed Wonder Woman. Yeah, they're not kicking themselves in the ass for that. Yeah, they don't. Although, uh, I hope she has more of a say on, uh, the next Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because uh, there were some problems with Wonder Woman that you could tell were another person's fault. Because <laughs> sometimes a guy, he understands what a metaphor is, but he doesn't understand how to execute it well. Uh, but I think that, that also goes uh, the other way, where just because someone's uh, director on a production doesn't mean they have all the answers. Like Just because I was rooting for the, the Shane Black version of this originally... Doesn't mean it would have come together well. I was just very excited to see what could have happened. Did not happen. So Give Justice League to Shane Black. <laughs> Zack Snyder, Predator. Wait. I just solved all your problems, Hollywood. <laughs> no. Oh, well, Larry Fong shot this, and he's a, he's a Zack Snyder like, go-to guy. Hey, I didn't care about the cinematography at all, but all right. No, I, th- I thought it was, it was solid. It was solid. It, it's not stylistically interesting. There's some interesting framing with the action sequence. I actually thought it was like the best action Shane Black's ever shot. It is, and it still wasn't uh, that great. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that's what I've come to realize, too. I want Shane Black to write more stuff. Not just for him, but maybe for other people to direct. Yeah, same. But also, like, he's he, there is type of action that he's good at. He's good at gunplay. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's good at when people are chasing a thing through a place. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like Tony Scott directing a Shane Black script is like perfect yeah that was even with all the issues that movie has and how like everyone who worked in it hated it mm. or hated working on it at least uh, that movie's the shit it's go watch The Last Boy Scout and then check out Predator if you're kind of into that thing Are you like basically me that the two leads of that film were hard to work with <laughs> well they fucking hate each other I, of course <laughs> They're both notorious for being impossible to work with. <laughs> and it says a lot that they have a ton of chemistry in that movie. <laughs> Even though they hated each other. Who edited that? Because they should have won a oh, fucking yeah. Oscar for making it look like they were friends. Oh yeah. They, that's, it's just, it's perfect. <laughs> it's how that movie works. Any movie where Bruce Willis doesn't come across like a complete asshole, it's a great movie. <laughs> That's just a fact. It's, it, it, the Sixth Sense, one of the greatest movies of all oh, time. Yeah. He's so good in un- Unbreakable. <laughs> oh, like, fucking should yeah. be on the sight and sound pole. <laughs> AFI, where the fuck you yeah, at? I mean, because he is so likable in that film. <laughs> and then you go watch him at his own roast and you're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I, I can't sit through those anymore, man. Um, no, neither can I. I, I never really could. <laughs> I just waited for Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert could make me laugh. Um, Gilbert Gottfried should have been in this. That's what the next Predator should be about. Not even like soldiers. No more soldiers fighting Predator. Gilbert Gottfried. It needs to be about like. <laughs> there we go. Now we're fucking talking. That voice. That fucked up voice. I want to hear the predator try to imitate that. Yeah. <laughs> Just that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the creepy laugh from the end of Predator, it's Gilbert Godfrey's laugh. <laughs>
<laughs> Matt, do you know what today marks? Well, it's not 9-11. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, it is not. Oh, it's, it's the, the day that... of the 2008 financial crisis. Also not where I was going with that. A little depressing. A lot depressing. Uh, Get ready for another the... one. It's the end of our Alien vs. Predator retrospective. Yeah, it was like three years in the making. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. It was a lot. We, this took a while. This did take a while. And uh, over time, a friendship developed and then disintegrated. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all been worth it, just so we could talk about these shitty movies. <laughs> Reminded me of Resurrection, Alien Resurrection. Oh. And, like, just has a lot of story. <laughs> and, like, no know-how. Okay, and you know what? Joss Whedon wrote it. Yep. Can we stop saying people are canceled? Yes. I hate that phrase. You're canceled. Like, well, no, it's like, you know, when, like, jo it was like, it came out that Joss Whedon had cheated on his wife, remember? And yeah. it was like, Joss Whedon is canceled. Like, what the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> like... I'm not Joss Whedon's buddy. I've liked some of the stuff he made. Like, what the fuck? And what, I'm not supposed to like it now? Because I just don't like him. <laughs> uh, before this episode, you had mentioned that you didn't see The Predator as an ongoing franchise because the series never really lets you believe that it could flourish into that. I'm going to go out on a limb and presume that The Predator didn't change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well um the predator and avpr expanded how i feel the predator could be but i still don't really think they could be like they those two came the closest avp came the furthest avp is the one that makes me feel like it, both alien and predator are completely worthless uh, AVP is such a bad movie. Like, out of all the stuff we've talked about in this whole retrospective, AVP is, like, behind by a mile. Damn. Um, it is the worst of the bunch. And, like, as much as I ripped, like, I ripped Prometheus and, and uh, the other one. Covenant? <laughs> yes. Because uh, <laughs> they're bad movies, but they aren't, like, I get it. They're for someone. I can see someone enjoying them. There's nothing in AVP that any sane person could stand by. Uh, and that's the only one after this whole retrospective that I came out that, like, to where I sit right now, I still actively hate. Um, Damn. Every one of them I've kind of come to terms with. Every one of them I was like, hey, hey, hey. but, <laughs> like, and I could see someone liking a one I didn't like except AVP. Unless you're, like, 13. Like, if you're a child, you have the <laughs> brain of a fucking child. <laughs> Jesus. I can see you liking AVP. <laughs> if you were picked last in kickball because... No. <laughs> I can see you liking AVP. <laughs> if you are not invited to things that your friends go to. Oh. <laughs> If you were bad at taking the subtle hints that your girlfriend wants this relationship to end, I could see you liking it today. If you think it's a good idea to propose to your girlfriend in a video game, I could see you liking AVP. Uh, <laughs> those are my feelings on AVP. And I, this is a fun retrospective. Um, ended on a sour note, but whatever. Yeah, I, I've come to terms with every movie in the Predator franchise, the, the main ones. Uh, I've my feelings have softened on AVP. AVPR is about the same, um, but I, I like I, I do really like the Predator franchise. And I oddly enough, I think if it's to continue in like twenty years, because this isn't getting a sequel, um, they're gonna try to get that, like eight years. Like, <laughs> I I don't think they should keep trying to expand the mythology. At least, uh, my I'm probably wrong. I don't fucking know. Uh, I'd like to just see a small-scale, like, period piece where the Predator 
hunts like a bunch of pirates or some shit. I'd like to see the warriors from different eras. That'd be kind of fun. Here's my uh, pitch for the future of the Alien and Predator franchises. Stop. Do you have a plan? Ex-sniper with PTSD and a team that's mental? You're insane, right? Gentlemen, they're large. They're fast. And fucking you up's their idea of tourism. Figured something out. I think we're gonna die. Just pointing it out. My big boy's a hunter. He brought his dogs with him. September 14th. You can follow me at Emperor OTN at Twitter.com. You can follow me on Twitter at D-E-W-G-O Waffles. Uh, the Waffle Press, like, subscribe, check out the Patreon, support the show, and get better mics and equipment. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. I don't get a better mic, by the way. I, Diego gets the better mic. I don't. Ethan has to donate mics to me. Goodbye, everyone.